Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Today is Thursday, July 8th. I hope everybody had a good 4th of July weekend, long weekend, whatever you did. Whether you were with your family, your friends, by yourself, whatever you did, I hope you had a good a good time, a good, a nice, fun day, holiday weekend, whatever you did, whatever you want to call it. I hope you enjoyed yourself. That's really what it's all about nowadays. You just got to enjoy yourself, whether that be with yourself, your family, your friends, whatever you did. I just hope that you enjoyed your weekend. I really do. It, it was a, It's a good time just to have some fun, chill out, relax. Talk to people, talk to family, talk to your friends. It was a good weekend for me in that sense. I had a lot of fun. Went to my friend's house. He barbecued. He really treated us like his like his guests. Uh, he was the king, man. He, he's the best. He had a good host, a lot of good food, uh, good festivities, good games, good drinks. We had a lot of fun there. And um, that's really what it all comes down to on that for what I think about holidays and like you know, spending it with your friends. You just got to have a good time. You know, as much as you, you know, bad things might be going on in your life, you know, bills, whatever, family issues, whatever, you always got to try to make it, you know, that you reserve time in your life to have some fun. You reserve the time, whether it be to, you know, on holidays, whatever, just make sure you put in the time to have that kind of fun and to have that kind of engagement with your friends and your family. And I was very fortunate that I was able to do that to this this past weekend with my friends and really just have a good time. As you know, it was the 4th of July weekend. You get barbecues, you get uh, um, uh, fireworks, you get games, you get drinks, whether that be soda or alcohol. You just have fun and let loose. And I think I would have had a better time if I didn't buy Phantom branded fireworks. Now, I went to get the fireworks pretty late in the day, like maybe around 3.15 p.m. And I know that you're guessing, you're, you're saying like, why would you go that late? Why would you even like try to go that late and get those fireworks? And if you don't know, I live in California where you can't buy like fireworks that are like, you know, the cool kind, the fun kind that go up in the air and they, you know, they go boom colors, you know, all that stuff. We don't have that here. I mean, you can do it. You can go to another state and buy them and bring it back here and do that. You shouldn't, but people do it anyway. They do it every year. They do it all the time. I've never done it, but they do it all the time. But we, I, I, I've never had that experience of lighting those type of fireworks. I'm just used to the, you know, the cardboard box, the little tube or whatever you put on. You put it in the middle of your street, you light it, and then it just goes crack, crack, pop, and then that's it. Um, usually I do buy like a variety pack and I did again this year too. I bought like a hundred dollar variety pack from Phantom and you're going to say like, Alex, that's really expensive, but dude, fireworks in general are super duper expensive, like really expensive. Uh, that pack cost me a hundred dollars, like I said, and then I bought two individual fireworks. They were pretty like decent sized. I thought that they were pretty big. They could have been used for the finale. And those cost me like $30 each, like around 30, $35 each. And still, like, we went through the box, and we were just, we weren't competing, but we were, like, letting another family across the street go when we didn't go, so we were, like, kind of switching off between fireworks. We were giving each other a nice fireworks show, and I gotta say, my fireworks, every time we, that we lit them, they, they just, they disappointed every single time. I mean, they really did. Um, talk about, like, very little firepower. They didn't get that high. They were very short. You know, they didn't last very long. I mean, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was because of the pack 
or maybe just the brand itself is just not that quality. Um, but they just weren't very good. And I was disappointed because I was like, I spent a hundred and some dollars on this. I mean, we did pitch in, we, and I got some reimbursement money because, you know, we, we, we decided to pitch in for fireworks, and I just got what I could get because the standalone would just had like one variety box left and a couple individual ones that were just, you know, me, kind of mediocre. But I kind of, I thought that I got the bigger ones, so I was just still kind of disappointed that mine still weren't that good. And I was just sitting there like the entire time because the, the, the family crossed the street from us. They had a pretty good ones. Theirs reached high up in the air. They were long. They were loud. And they were just putting mine to shame. So I was just like, oh, my God, I feel like an absolute idiot here. Like I couldn't even get the good fireworks or whatever. Now, I, I could have gone to TNT or what uh, another stand. But I just went there because I was I was kind of running late. And I wanted to get to the, my friend's house, you know, sooner than I did. And I was just like, okay, whatever. I'll just, you know, pick these up quick and I'll just go. And the, again, they were they were pretty much running on fumes there. They didn't have much left. So I just kind of got whatever there was left and I went there. But other than that, it was a fun day. It was a fun um it was it was it was fun. But but I do wanna, you know, say that I did, you know, had a little fun with my you know, drinking with my friends. I hadn't gotten that drunk in like over over a year and a half, I think. I mean, I was pretty wasted, but it wasn't because I was just sitting back and sipping on drinks and all that. We were playing some drinking games, which, in my opinion, if you put those in like, you know, like a major sports league, you can have some pretty crazy entertainment right, right there. Like, I mean, like playing beer pong is is super fun, but it's like pretty much impossible if you're drunk already. And if you are going to be drinking, that's the part of the game, right? You're just going to get even more and more drunk. And like, if you think about it, Beer pong, you have to harness your accuracy, your patience, and your um, ability to like try to like concentrate hard enough to get those balls in those cups, or that ball in those cups. But it's like, bro, I mean, when you're drunk, all those like abilities and, and like you know your accuracy, your patience, your concentration is just gone by that time. So just like it's it's pretty much like a it's it's not even like even a competition at that point. It's just for pure entertainment. So I could only imagine if anybody would wanted to put that as like a major, you know, sport or something like that. That would like be selling like that would be so entertaining to watch. Just somebody like some people would just get absolutely plastered and try to play some beer pong. Like just imagine that how the, how fun that could be, and how fun you know that would like kind of like just like. It would be amazing to watch, in my opinion. I mean, like, you can get, like, so much passion and so much anger and so much joy all in, like, one game, pretty much. And I feel like when I play beer pong and when I play, like, a drinking game or any type of game, really, if I'm, like, you know, buzzed or whatever, I get super into it. Like, super, super into it. Like, I get into, into it, like, if I'm sober, too, but if I'm, like, you know, got some drinks in me, I mean, I'm. it's, like, life and death for me. Like, I, I was, like like focusing up really hard sliming my hand on the table I was yelling I was shouting I was I was cursing I was taunting the other team I was doing everything that you could possibly imagine to try to get an upper hand trying to win um I believe we won one game I think but one of the games just like went on drug dragged on forever and ever just because we couldn't get the last cup and I was just like dude like this is taking it out of me I can't continue with it 
I can't do that. I can't keep doing this. This is just insane. And then we decided to play some flip cup, which is, if you don't know, you have like a couple, you know, I think it's like three cups and you got to drink one and you got to put it at the edge, you know, so the, the bottom is already, you know, on the edge and you got to flip it. So it lands on the uh, side that you drink from, you know, the opening, you got to get it to land there. But that again is another game that requires patience and concentration and just um, being able to um, not really like, you know, uh, do it, you know, precision, uh, delicacy. You got to be really, really careful and you really, really got to be, um, wh what's the word I'm looking for? I don't even know, but you got to be super like precise with it because you can't mess up because if you do, your other teammates just, uh, the, 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 your opponent's just going to blow right past you. And that, that again, just cause, uh, just calls for more patience and and concentration which which is like dude nobody at that point in the game is like even at that you you know you know able to concentrate that hard so it just makes it even more and more entertaining so it's like why do we make that a major sport or like maybe we'll have like drunk olympics or or drunk sports whatever you know that could be a fun thing to do or i would pay to watch that i think that'd be super fun I mean, like, just imagine, like, you be rooting for, like, some guy. It could be, like, the hot dog eating contest. I mean, like, we have that. We have people just scarfing hot dogs, you know, until they, you know, can't do it anymore. And every time I watch it, it's, like, it's kind of gross. But at the end of the day, it's still entertaining as fuck. Like, you just, like, Joey Chestnut just shovels in hot dogs like it, like it's, it, it, like it's just part of him. Like he's just, he needs all that food to survive. He needs 75 or whatever, how many hot dogs that he ate to live. I mean, like, just imagine that you look at a hot dog and it's like, what, maybe like, I don't know, eight inches, maybe, um, you ate like 75 of those. I can't even eat like three in a sitting. I'm like stuffed. I'm like done. I can't eat. like my stomach just doesn't have the capacity to fit all that. You look at the 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 big gigantic plate of hot dogs that they consume, right? In that in that short period of time and how fast they're eating it. Like where on earth is all that food stored? It just it boggles my mind because your stomach isn't even that big if you think about it. It's like maybe the size of a fist. And over time if you eat a lot of food, it expands, right? But still, how much does it have to expand? to actually fit 75 hot dogs in there. I just don't get a bun too, not just the weenies, but the bun. I don't get it. I never understood it, but it was always so fascinating how these people were able to just shovel it down and not 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 throw up within that moment. You know, continue it and continue going on. And I know like a lot of people a lot of them like to use like water, dip your hot dog in water and just kind of like, you know, shove it down, but it's still like I mean at what point do you like do you feel like hot dog actually in your esophagus like is it that high like does it rise all the way does it fill you up to the brim that it's just gotta you know leak into your esophagus or whatever i don't even know like it's just so baffling and just so astonishing so if we can have that if we can actually see people like get sick on camera because they eat so many hot dogs why can't we see people actually play beer pong drunk as a skunk potentially throwing up but being like, I just feel like that would be so entertaining to see people do that because you get so many different personalities when people are drunk that it would just be like eyes glued to the TV. I just, I mean, I don't see how that isn't already a thing. I mean, I just feel like that's a goldmine right there. But it's like, 
you think about that stuff and you wonder, like, what else could be made into that kind of entertainment? We got eating, potentially drunk games. I mean, people watch poker, you know, for entertainment. They they televise poker as it's called a sport, you know? Like, I always thought about that. Like, how is poker a sport, really? I mean, it pretty much is all luck, right? I mean, you can't really... I mean, I'm sure you can't even count the cards or whatever. You can't, like, really prepare for poker to be like, okay, it's going to go this way or that way. I mean, it's just... It's it's pretty much like... I mean, I guess, I guess that there is, like... A certain amount of possibilities that a card could land or a hand you could a hand that you could have but it's still it's just like you can't really like you know you know predict that all that well right i would feel like that like how did that even become a thing i guess and the whole thing about gambling and all that is is, is very like people you know can get addicted to gambling and that, that's pretty much why poker could be so popular because so many people can get into it whether it be like super high stakes or, you know, playing for chips, you get that rush of, like, oh, I could lose everything right here, or I could win everything plus more, like, it's just got that, I don't know what it is, that that it releases some kind of addictive thing that it's just like, oh, I gotta keep doing it, I gotta keep doing it, and I get it, you know, I get it, when I play poker, when I play it on, like, I don't know, like, may, I, some games have the ability to play poker, like Red Dead Redemption 2, or Grand Theft Auto, they have, like, this, like, blackjack or poker, um, thing that you can actually play in those fucking games, and even in real life, too, I play, you know, that, too, it's very, very fun, um, but I just feel like that stuff, it's like we already pretty much have, like, a, um, endless possibility of what you can make into a sport, or make into enter- entertainment, like, I've even seen on ESPN, they have, like, cornhole championships, if you don't know what that is, it's like, you get, like, a, like, a bag of beans, or whatever, a bag of corn, I don't even know why it's called that, but you, you toss it at this board that's kind of slanted with a little hole in it, and you got to try and get it in there. But if you get it on the board, that's also points too. But you mainly want to get it into the into the board and in, 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 into the hole. Sorry, but it's like to me that's like not that entertaining. But I could see why people would like it, why it would it would it would be cool, why you would be drawn to it. It's it, it is in a way you know a competition that can provide some entertainment. And it's just like, what point do we just say, uh, no, that can't be a sport, or no, that can't be um, used to provide entertainment, or no, we're not going to televise that, or we don't want to show people that, or whatever. I think it's because if you go back to the drinking games, if you go back to cup, uh, Flip Cup or um, Beer Pong, I think it's got to be the thing which is just of, uh, involving alcohol and involving like televising people drunk and intoxicated. It's got to be that because... I mean, like, as much as we are an alcohol-consuming culture and country, I mean, there are so many beer commercials, liquor commercials, seltzer commercials out there. We have so many. Our TV networks and and channels flood ad space with with alcohol commercials. But do we show anybody drinking the alcohol? Never, if you think about it. Never. Like, in any commercial, whether it be, you know, Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors, uh, Coors Light, um, you know, White Claw, any type of liquor, Crown Royal, uh, Jack Daniels, Heineken, nobody actually consumes the liquor or the alcohol in the commercial ever. So I think it's just a thing like we can't like, we can promote it all we want and show like the bottle, show it being cracked open, show it being poured, but the act of drinking it is a no-no, which is so bizarre because it's like we already have so many and we already know the rules. You got to be 21 or older to consume 
So it's like, well, I mean, like, why can't we just, you know, move on from that? We know that. That's a, that's a law in the states. And just make it into enter- entertainment. I, I don't understand why. Would you have to make it like an adult type of entertainment? Like, it's like, because you are kind of like, you you know, using alcohol, consuming alcohol. People are like intoxicated. And that's why it'll have to be more of like an adult thing. I don't know. Like, I've always thought, wondered that. Like, why do we have so many beer commercials and beer product placement everywhere, but nobody can like really drink it or consume it? They just got to show it off. And, like, they just got to rely on everybody else to, like, you know what to do. You know what this is for. You know who this is for. It's not for kids. This is for adults. But we already kind of know that, though. So it's like having, and you already know the rules, too, the law, actually. So it's like, why the hell are we just, like, beating behind the bush and saying, you can't drink it on camera. You can't drink, you can't consume this. I don't know what it is, but it's just kind of, like, at the point in time in 2021, it's like, we already know that. We already get that. Let's just kind of utilize it now and make, I think it would be peak, peak entertainment. I mean, I really do. I get like, like, you know, the, it's just, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I just feel like nowadays and like, you know, all these corporations and all these companies, like, it's just like, bro, we already know like what it's for and who can, who was allowed to drink it. It's just, just go for it now. Just go for it. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's got to be, like, the, the SEC guidelines or whatever. Like, you know how you, you can't, like, I don't know. I think it's, like, on, I think it's not on cable, but, like, local television. You can't have anybody uh, cursing or, like, saying, like, obscenities or profanities on TV until, like, 10 p.m. Because technically that's when all the kids are should be asleep and not on the TV. And then it's, like, from 10 to, I believe, 6 a.m., is when they go back to clean TV of no cursing, no obscenities, no profanities, nothing. So I believe it's kind of like that. You kind of want to just be like, you know, kids could watch it and all that, and it could be in the eyes of a minor, and we don't want to promote that. I guess that would be like the main goal of not, you know, promoting, you know, public intoxication, whether it be like beer pong or flip cup or beer die, whatever you want to call it, any other game. I just... I'm guessing that might be the reason, um, but all in all, it's just like, come on, I mean, like, I think it would be really, really fun to watch, fun to root for, I mean, like, like I mean, they have freaking eSports now, people playing video games, like, broadcast on ESPN and, and TBS, it's like, how much, again, like, the the word entertainment is so, you know, we can, we can categorize that with, like, pretty much anything nowadays, so it's like, it's only a matter of time before, like, they actually start televising or, you know, streaming, I guess you could say, beer pong or flip cup. I mean, it's got to be coming. And I'm not saying, like, you, <laughs> you you need to watch it. But I just feel like being in that situation and being in that environment of actually playing those games with friends and, you know, friends and all that. I mean, we have, we have like, the best time. So it's, like, it's got to translate somehow. It's got to be, like, that has to be, like, a universally thing that's, you know, that could be you know, um, enjoyed. I'm not saying like you got to be like a big like drinker or all that to enjoy that. I, I don't drink like every single day, but when I do, I have some fun with it. And also other people that do play it, like they don't drink either, but they do have fun with it. They don't drink a lot. They, maybe they drink like mildly, but it's not like, you know, they're gigantically, you know, out of control the entire time. I mean, like sometimes you can be, and sometimes I have been, but still it's like, it's, it's fun. You're you're with your friends, you're with the people that you love, that you love to spend time with and have fun with. 
And it's just another thing that you can have fun. And it's like, you don't have to, well, people say, like, you don't got to be drunk to have fun. That's true. You don't have to be drunk to have fun. But it also, it is fun to also be, like, kind of buzzed or drunk with your friends. It just is. You can't say that (laughs) it isn't because, you know, sometimes it is. Other times it's not, though. You just got to be careful. Um, Also, drink responsibly if you are above 21. Um, But, yeah. This all spun off just because of having fun on the 4th of July with your friends, with your family, whatever you did. I hope you had a good time and that you were just able to enjoy it, soak it all in. Um, We didn't really have a festivities last year because of you-know-what, so I just hope everybody had a good time and was able to cherish those moments and let it soak on in and just have the best time of your life, really, because you never know when you're going to have like a time like that ever again. I mean, I had had like, again, I haven't been that drunk in over a year and a half. It's been a while, and I don't like usually like getting that drunk, but it just, it sort of happens. Um, But (laughs) it's not something that I strive to every time I, you know, drink. It really isn't. So it's like, when it happens, just, you know, let it happen and ride the wave. That's what I always, you know, that's kind of like what I think when when it just happens. Okay, it happened, whatever. Ride the wave. But it was fun, though. I had a lot of fun, and it, it, we all did. It was it was a lot of fun. We've got a little bit of a news-slash-entertainment story today, people. Now, I was blessed to find this story today on Twitter. I was looking, I was jiving, digging, whatever you want to call it. I was just thinking, like, what can I... What is something that will catch my eye today? I was going to the Twitter trending or whatever every day just to see what's happening, what people are talking about. Whether it be this or that, you know, uh, entertainment, sports, celebrities, politics, whatever. I just like, I'd like to see what people are talking about. And today, a list from Variety titled 15 Best SpongeBob SquarePants Episodes Ranked. And immediately, if you follow my Twitter, I retweeted it with a quote. And <clears throat> I won't say it right now, but I, I tweeted an episode, I quoted an episode that I think that they didn't get on this list that should have been on this list, in my opinion. So I'm going to go through this list and, and, and give a little bit of a description of these episodes of what they picked and like kind of just like, if you watch Spongebob, you might know it off the bat, but if you hadn't or if you didn't, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a backstory on the episodes and what I think about them, I guess. Okay, so let's let's get started. This is an article by Jordan uh, Moreau and Katsy Stephen, Katsy uh, Stephen, and David Veramontes by Variety, and it was published today. So this is quite the treat, people. Quite the treat. Um, so before I'm gonna get into it, they already listed before you read the article and what they said about the episodes. They give they gave some honorable mentions. And I'll just name them right off the bat. Uh, so one of the some of the honorable mentions are Mermaid Man and Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy Five, uh, Shanghai, Arg, Squidville, Sailor Mouth, uh, Sandy, SpongeBob and the Worm, The Secret Box, Dying for Pie, and Jellyfish Hunter. So already off the bat, I think that some of them could have been made might have made my personal top fifteen list. But you know we'll, we'll go and. And we'll discuss and we'll go through these episodes. Because for me, I was a big Spongebob fan back in the day. I thought it was a super funny show. Um, very entertaining. Uh, kind of on the edge of it. If you watch some of the episodes, you can kind of see like some adult humor in it. Which is kind of silly and funny today. If you go back and watch the episodes now. I think they're all, I think they're all on Paramount Plus. So you can watch them on there. Um, 
but I was I was always a, always a big fan of SpongeBob. I enjoyed the humor, the characters, the setting was so fun. Um, SpongeBob, Patrick, Squidward were like the the freaking the the best trio in like animated cartoon character history. I think they were just so funny. They were so different. They were so they were so unique. They were um, outrageous, comedic different voices clearly everybody they were so different from each other that it was just it made the show pop really it did and when it started when it came out like i believe in 1999 um i was already like kind of like engulfed in a bunch of cartoons like it was uh, spongebob hey arnold doug um and even to like cartoon network like uh, uh courage the cowardly dog ed and eddie um, the grim, grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, later to come, the Fairly Odd Parents. So I was such a big, like, old school to me, 90s type of cartoon type of guy. So SpongeBob was just like another gem in the bag. It was just so good. It was so entertaining. You had like the 30-minute the runtime slot with two episodes in it. It was just the best. It was so good. So let's start with number 15. Number 15 is Something Smells. If you don't remember, this episode is when SpongeBob has to make his own makeshift sundae because he's out of ice cream, and he uses a bunch of just disgusting ingredients that just like ketchup, onions, peanut plant, and all that. It was it was it was really like gross type of way. It was really gross. Um, It was always funny because SpongeBob always had this emphasis on disgusting things in that show, like. Whether the, the, the character would have, like, a zit on his face and it would, like, zoom in, like, microscopically, you would see, like, a like a giant red dot that would be spewing out blood like it was a goddamn volcano. It was so funny in that way. And, like, I just remember seeing the Sunday when he made it. It would be, like, a zoomed-in, artistically painted version of it and would just be so disgusting. You could see, like, the smelly fumes coming off of it. It was so funny and comedic in the way that they did that just to emphasis some of the disgusting things on that show one of the best things i think that that a cartoon has ever done is when they do that and i just thought again you look you would laugh every time because it would be so outrageous and over the top that it would just make you laugh i mean it was just so funny anyways moving on with the episode he eats it he, he walks around and everybody's avoiding him because everybody's like what's like they pretty much like die when he sees him or they just run away because he, his breath is so smelly and he doesn't know that because he can't, you know, you don't really smell your own breath, you know, typically, if it does smell. So he's walking around, everybody's like, oh, and uh, just running away or dying right in front of him. And it's funny, and he's just wondering, he's like, he's going insane because he doesn't know why everybody doesn't want to be with him or be next to him, really. And then it's just, it's so funny, and then Patrick obviously doesn't help because he doesn't have a nose, so he can't really smell anything. And then they get a realization at the end, like, oh, it was a Sunday that you ate that made your breath so smelly. That's why everybody doesn't want to be around you. It's not because you're ugly, because that was a whole thing that's like, he's like, they hate me because I'm ugly. I'm ugly and all that. So <clears throat> it's a very good episode. It's a very funny episode. And it's also something that you kind of like can relate to in like life, like, you know, or be careful to, you know, make sure you don't eat anything too smelly. You brush your teeth and all that. For kids, it's like, uh, um, you know, it's a good lesson to be like, you got to brush your teeth and make sure that your breath doesn't smell. They're not going to call you ugly or think you don't think that you're ugly, but just be aware that that's the thing that 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 occurs later on in life, especially when you get become an adult. I can't tell you how many times that, that you can talk to somebody for a while and just be distracted by their breath and just holding your breath whenever they talk. It happens all the time, you know, 
it, for me at least, it's happened many, many times. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, do you not smell that? And it's clearly obvious that they can't do it. They can't smell it um, because, you know, sometimes they don't brush their teeth or they just don't notice it. And it's just like, come on, man, uh, I'm fucking dying here. I'm, I'm suffocating. Help yourself to help me please. So that's a good place, I think, to put that episode. It's not the best, but it is got just so, such really good fundamentals of life. Just brush your teeth and make sure you smell good, or don't eat, like, super disgusting smellingly foods that, that'll <laughs> make your breath smell for the entire day, um, or just brush your teeth uh, more often. But it, it's it's so funny. It's a good episode, and, and 15, I think I could see it there, but um, I might have put it a bit higher um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Number 14 is Rock Bottom, and this is the episode where SpongeBob and Patrick go to Glove World, and they go on the bus trying to get back home, but the bus takes a wrong turn, or turn, or a detour, falls down a cliff all the way to the rock bottom of the ocean, and it's just, like, you get all these, like, type of fish that are, like, you know, you would see, like, in Finding Nemo, like, with a light bulb over their, over their head, got a lot of, like, uh, big, jagged teeth, you know, transparent fish, ugly fish, you know, um, just bizarre, bizarre looking fish, and, like, they got, like, three eyes, one eye, whatever you want to, you know, call it, but, like, it was funny, because it's, like, the, the, the bus leaves without Spongebob, so he's just there the entire time, um, you know, trying to, you know, he's super hungry, but he's got to wait for the bus, they got this running on joke, where if he just misses the bus stop by, like, a second, he'll miss a bus, and they just already go up back, so it's, it's kind of, it's, it's that, in that way, it's funny, but for me, personally, I think it's a little bit repetitive in some points, um, it's just him, like, basically just, like, waiting for the bus to come back up, and it is funny to see him, like, kind of, like, have, like, a mental breakdown and all that, but it's also just like for me. I'm talking like like I, like I'm a re- reviewer of SpongeBob. I mean, like I'm a 27 year old guy reviewing a television show made for kids. Um, but it's just like I don't know. It was never one of my favorite favorite ones, but it it was funny, entertaining. Um, at the end, there's a big payoff. He gets back up to the sea. Spoiler alert, or back to his home. So it's it's a good episode. I don't think I would have put it at 14. I don't think it would it would have cracked my top 15. Uh, personally, I think that it's just a little bit uh, repetitive, like I said, and it's just, okay, it's fun, it's enjoyable, Patrick's in it too, so it's like, you know, the more Patrick you can get, the better, uh, but I I don't know, I just felt like it was a little bit repetitive. Number 13, we're moving on, Culture Shock, in this episode, Mr. Krabs, you know, calls his employees, which are just Patrick, or SpongeBob and Squidward, to do a talent show at that, the Krusty Krab, and I think that this one was super funny because it's kind of like a Squidward isn't that is is clearly not as funny or not as you know entertaining as Spongebob and you see it throughout the the talent show you know Squidward you know he's he's a he's a big he tries so hard to be good in life but everything that Spongebob does is just better everything he couldn't even be doing it like 100% he could just be doing it half-assed and everybody would be like Spongebob is better Spongebob is better so it's just like another episode of showing like how little like Squidward, how <laughs> maybe the writers just don't like Squidward, but like just how how much SpongeBob just dunks on Squidward every time because I mean he comes out with his clarinet which he's never good at. He does some weird dancing, and then SpongeBob would just do like one little small thing like I don't know like sweep up some dust or whatever, and you just get a round of applause. And it's just funny because like everything that Squidward does is just nothing, like, he can play, like, an actually good song on the clarinet, and nobody would clap for him, 
it's just really funny, and it goes back to the 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 core I think, which is SpongeBob. Those early days of SpongeBob is the not the not necessarily the beef, but like the the uh, Squidward being like, "How the fuck does everybody like this guy and not me?" type of thing. Like if you think about it, like Squidward to me is super funny because he gets trolled on by SpongeBob. And he tries so hard for everybody to like him, but nobody just just nobody wants to like him as much as they love SpongeBob. So it's just funny to watch that actually play out, and it not be like an ob. It's so obvious too that you're watching it like just seeing everybody just doesn't like this guy, and it's just super funny to to watch, and 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 you know just do it. And it, I just I get a kick out of it. It's just so fun. Again, the better episodes of SpongeBob. With the earlier days when it's just SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward-centric. Sandy, too, was really good. And then Plankton, you add him. But SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward were just like, again, the meat and the potatoes of that show. And just this is just, you know, hitting all the points with a, a good SpongeBob episode. Number 12 is No Weenies Allowed, which, if you don't know, is like SpongeBob is trying to get into the salty spittoon. He's got to be rough and tough, but obviously, like... He's a sponge, he's weak, he's uh, wimpy, he's kind of nerdy, he's kind of, uh, you know, not a tough guy, really. And he's just trying to get into there because he wants to be a tough guy. But he just doesn't fit the tough persona of him, like, being a sponge and all that. So, again, it's, like, it's kind of funny because, like, he's at, like, this Weenie Hut bar where they serve, like, milkshakes and sundaes and all that. Bunch of ice creams, and he's got, like, these two fish that look like actual hot dogs. And he's like, you're not a, I'm not a weenie, you're the weenie all the time. And it's like a blatant, like, actual, like, stereotype joke on the fucking fish that looks like a goddamn weenie. So it's so funny in that way because it's just like, you know, you make fun of people that you see, oh, you got big fucking ears, what are you, Dumbo? Like that, it's like, it's kind of relatable in a way. Or you got a big fucking, you know, you're fat and you got a white beard. You're fucking Santa Claus or whatever. This guy looks like Santa Claus. It's just like that kind of making fun of. You know, it's not like anything like like discrimination. No, it's not like that. It's just like, it's just poking fun at your appearance. Or you wear that stupid hat all the time. It's like fucking Indiana Jones, whatever. I don't know. It's just something like that. That was so funny. And it's just, it goes on to, you know, more of like SpongeBob and Patrick trying to get into the salty spittoon. But they failing after failing, and he's trying to get all these disguises and trying to get into there. It's just a funny episode. It's a good SpongeBob and Patrick episode, and a bit dash of Sandy because Sandy's a tough girl. She can get it. She's a goddamn squirrel, by the way. She can actually like kill every every fish if she wanted to. Um, so it's just funny to watch. It's fun to watch. I enjoyed that episode quite a bit. I think I would rate that actually a little bit higher than thirteen. I think. I think that one is really solid in a way of like just like the the goofiness of the situation the 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 um the a little bit of adult humor the inside jokes the nautical nonsense i think that deserves a little bit of a raise i think actually for it to be at number 12 uh, it's a i think it's a little bit of disrespectful i think i think it's more than uh you know i think it just should be higher on that i would have put that a lot higher i think number 11 is survival of the idiots and it's when SpongeBob and Patrick dive into the, uh, Sandy's dome, trying to get you know play with Sandy, have some fun. But it's spring or it's winter time, and so she's hibernating. She's getting all fat. She's got all she's all fat from eating all their her walnuts or whatever. And they they stumble on in there, and they discover that Sandy's so fat and so like she she like reverted back to her primal days of like a savage squirrel. So it's so funny because like she, they wake her up by like ripping off her hair. 
or you know just you know uh waking her up and then they you know, they just get this freaking this rabid ass squirrel that is like sleep deprived trying to sleep and all that and just like roars and shit and it's so funny because it's like I never, you never expect that of Sandy to act like that because you see her and she's just like a cute little squirrel, but it's like now she's a goddamn beast. So that shit, that whole aspect of it is just funny in general because you wouldn't expect that. So like she's like an actual monster and she's growling, she's roaring, she's snarling. It's so funny to see. And that, that brought up the whole thing about I'm Dirty Dan and all that. It's just like a, a little thing that some people kind of bring back today. Like, I'm Dirty Dan. No, I'm Dirty Dan. It's just something that if you watched it, you know what it is automatically. I'm sure that's a big one. You know, one of the bigger episodes, one of the favorite episodes if you talk to somebody who's watched SpongeBob. Um, but it, it's 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 a funny episode regardless. I think that I think that's a good place for it, though. It's not like a super, like you know, out there episode where you can get so many inside jokes or so much, uh, a little bit more of the adult humor aspect, but it is funny, it is silly, it's definitely Spongebob and Patrick cuisine, if you would say, you know, just nonsense, just idiocy, again, it's called the survival of the idiots, so, like, they're not holding back on the title of saying, like, yeah, these guys are fucking idiots, it's just funny, it's, it's pure comedy, I think 11 is a good spot for it, I think, in my opinion, um, I think it's definitely better. I think than uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's better than um, uh, what is it? Which one? Um, the oh yeah, something smells. I think that one should be higher. I think, but I I I, I don't like hate where it is on this list at eleven. I think that's fine. I think it's fine. I, I don't. I think that there's certainly the ones that are coming later are going to be be better. I would assume, but like we'll see. So. Survival of the Idiots is number 11 on this list. So now we're into the top 10 episodes. Now these should be, you know, uh, notoriously the better episodes of SpongeBob ever. Ever. Um, so we're at uh, Club SpongeBob, which is, if you don't know, is when uh, SpongeBob and Patrick climb up the treehouse that they build. And then they get up. And then uh, Squidward comes along as like, get out of there. And then <clears throat> they get launched to this, like, kelp forest you know, from in their treehouse, and then it's just like a, a, the SpongeBob, the Patrick, the Squidward, you know, the 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 bickering, the idiocy, the the nonsense of like they have this conch shell that that will listen to whoever like pulls the the string and grant a wish or whatever. But it's like they always you know do it for uh, SpongeBob and Patrick, but whenever they do it to Squidward is, you know, nothing happens, and it's just so funny, because again, it's another mockery, and making fun of episode of Squidward, and it, it just, it hits home on all points of, like, how funny Spongebob and Patrick react to it, how Squidward is just, again, losing his goddamn mind again, but on, like, a bigger scale, like, he just, like, loses it at one point, and it just goes absolutely insane, that it just, you know, they're eating food while he's, like, malnourished, not even eating anything because he, the, the conch won't let him eat. It's just, it's so funny, it's so outrageous, and it's so, like, again, the writer's absolutely bashing on Squidward. But, it, again, that's, like, the whole point of it. That's why we like SpongeBob and Patrick, and we just love to make fun of Squidward. It's just, like, a thing that they do, but it's so funny when they do it. I just can't help but laugh when they do it. It's just so funny. But they nail it every single time. It's like, oh my god, this is happening again, but I love it. And they do it in such a funny, a clever way of like, how can we get these guys actually, you know, 
you know, by themselves, not able to leave or diverge or whatever, but they have to stay in the situation. Fucking put them stranded in stranded in a kelp forest. Strand them on in in a kelp forest. Do that. Um, so that was super funny. A, a Ten. I think that's a pretty good spot. I think it could be a little bit higher. I think, but I enjoy that episode so much that I I remember I just rewatched that over and over as a kid just because of how much they made fun and they just, they just bashed on Squidward. It was just so funny to watch. Again, Squidward is kind of the bit of it, the butt of the joke a lot. But they do it so well in this in this show. It's just so funny. So that's at number ten. Number nine is Welcome to the Chum Bucket, and I had to read up on this or the description a bit because I, I I hadn't remembered it that much. I didn't remember what it was. So it's basically when when Mr. Krabs loses SpongeBob to Plankton in a game of cards. So Mr. Krabs bets SpongeBob in a game of cards against uh, Plankton, and you know to cook for the Chum Bucket. And so he loses, obviously, and then, like, uh, Plankton puts him in to the um, the chum bucket, you know, the kitchen to work. And, like, Mr. Krabs, the entire thing is just, like, a heartfelt type of, I think it's, like, more of, like, a they burst into song a couple times. It shows you how much, like, SpongeBob meant to Mr. Krabs and the Krusty Krab and everything like that. And it just shows you, like, the little bit of a lighter side of Mr. Krabs because you always saw him as, like, just a money-grubbing crab super greedy, money, 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 all that stuff, so it was kind of nice to actually see, like, he actually cared that much about Spongebob, that he would, like, you know, be, like, sad about it, and, like, I know he wanted him to, you know, just make food and make money, but it's just, like, still, like, you gotta get a little bit of that reassurance of how much he actually needed him, and how much he liked him, and he showed you in that way when they become, like, clouds, reaching from the chum bucket and the crusty crab of, like, oh, their connection and all that is so important, so I was like, I like seeing that. I thought it was fun. I think it was heartwarming. I would say, should it be at number nine? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think it should be even on this list. Really. I mean, in in terms of comedy and in terms of looniness and in terms of like idiocy, it's not my favorite one. It's not my. Uh, it, it isn't like a one that I would watch like immediately or just like pick it and watch it. It definitely is a nice one, but it isn't like a go-to episode. I think so. I wouldn't put it in like. The top 15 for sure. I wouldn't even put it at number 9. I think that's a bit high. Um, but it, in, in all regards, it's a great episode. It's fun. It's heartwarming. It's it's reassuring that he's not all an evil guy. He has feelings for SpongeBob. He likes SpongeBob enough to want to get him back and care about him and all that. So it's just like, yeah. And it makes Plankton look like a villain, which is always fun to make. Because Plankton as a villain, I mean, his the voice... Of Plankton, whoever voices Plankton, I can't remember his name, um, but he he he, just, he does it so good. He also does um, Larry the Lobster too. But uh, him as Plankton as just being this little bead, little speck of Plankton, it, it's just so funny. So the more Plankton, the better, I think in SpongeBob. Um, so that's a good episode. Wouldn't put it in the top fifteen for me, but it, it's it's definitely decent. It's 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 a good episode. Number eight is the Fry Cook Games. I love this episode. I love it because it actually shows you how Patrick and SpongeBob could actually be forced fed through Plankton and Mr. Krabs that they don't like each other. And it's a really fun, you know, funny concept. It's, um, you know, they, they have to compete in these fry cook games against each other, one for the um, one for the Krusty Krab, one for the Chum Bucket. And it's just funny because of like at first they don't really take it all seriously. They're just kind of having fun with it. 
And then the more and more they go on, crabs and plankton are in their ear, like, he doesn't like you, never respected you, he always thought you were stupid. It's when they, we, when um, that joke of him, like, erasing the pat in his name and his his name just being Rick, it's just funny. It's 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 iconic. It's a great episode. It's it's fun to watch. It's like it feels like an event because they're at like the Olympics or whatever of the Fry Cook Games. It's funny to watch. It's it's uh, it's cool. They get that big fight at the end where they just massively grow muscles like they're all buff and shit. So it's just a, it's it's a fun episode. I I enjoy that quite a bit. I think eight is a pretty good place for it. I think I think that that's like when you think about Sp- Patrick and SpongeBob. And their relationship and their friendship. You always got to go back to that time where they actually didn't like each other. They hated each other in the Fry Cook games. So, like, it's like you, your, your friendship's always got peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. And this was a big valley for them, if you would say. This was a, da- a dark time for SpongeBob and Patrick's friendship. And being able to watch it with the Fry Cook games is just... It's fun. It's funny to watch, and I enjoyed it. I think it's a good uh, spot for this episode. I really, really dig it. And I know that a lot of people also like it. I mean, like, the the, the whole joke of, my name is not Rick. I mean, I've heard that so many times. So it's, it's just, it's so funny. It resonated. It's just a fun episode. Number seven, though. This is where I really don't agree with this at all. Number seven is was in season three, episode ten. And it was the Krusty Krab training video. I remember when this came out, and I was just like, as a kid, I was still kind of like actually confused of why this was an episode or why it was. Like, I just didn't like it. For one, it was like, it was kind of funny with the whole poop thing. People order our patties. I mean, legendary, great acronym. But it was something about it, it just didn't sit with me. I, I was like kind of burned at the end. To be honest with you, and I know it's a joke is not, not not knowing the secret formula of the of the Krabby Patty, but it's just like at the end I was just like, really? Did the TV cut out? Did it, did it just like something happen? But you go back nowadays it's like I even bought the goddamn DVD of the season. See, I, I I didn't buy it, but my brother has it. We have SpongeBob seasons one through five on DVD, and even then it wasn't cut. It was cut out, so you know it wasn't the goddamn TV's fault or the episode's fault that day. It was the episode. It just ended right there. And the secret formula, it... And it just ends. It just ends. So in that way, in that aspect, it's brilliant. But it also is kind of a... a I don't know. It was just kind of like... For me, it was just a, it was just a placement episode. Like They didn't have anything really, so they, they just made this out of thin air, I think. I don't know. I just didn't really... It didn't really sit well with me as a SpongeBob episode. It was just kind of a placeholder, I thought. I mean... If you liked it, I mean, like, good good on you, but I I just, I, I really didn't like it that much. I thought it was kind of just a waste of time, pretty much. So, this being at number seven shocked me. Shocked me. I was just like, there is no way that they actually think this. I mean, it, I, I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I mean, it does have the funny, like the CG art of the of the Krabby Patty and making it with all the the narrator's hand and all and all that. The him talking to the narrator breaking the fourth wall. It's funny in that sense, but it like in all in all, for me, it's just like the ending and the just all I don't know. It's just like it was just like a like I said, a placeholder holder. Just eh, it's fine. Definitely not a top fifteen for me. Not not for sure not a number seven. I mean, like, come on. Um, so yeah, that's number that's number seven for them, the Krusty Krab training video. Um Number six, we got Frankendoodle. 
Frank and Doodle. Um, I I thought that this one was decent, and it was creative with the pencil, like the pencil coming out of the out of the you know through the sea from somebody dropping a drawing. That it was like a magical enchanted pencil that would bring to life whatever you drew. Thought that that was funny, a cool concept, but I thought that the Franken Doodle character um, was just—I don't know—I thought he was just annoying. Really, I mean, like kind of scary too, actually, if you think about it. Kind of creepy. Like I remember, like kind of like being like a little scared from that as a kid. Like I don't know, it just—it was just weird. It was just you know, a little bit creepy. I think. Um, I don't know why they put this at six. I think that it's. Uh, I don't know, the doppelganger type of thing is just kind of, it's interesting, it's it's funny, um, but it was just, for me, it was just, uh, I don't know, kind of creepy in a way. Number six, I, see, I think, is pretty high for that. I wouldn't put that in, at number six for sure, um, but, you know, if, if you like it, I understand why you like it. It is kind of funny in a way, with a creepy, you know, way, but it's also, I don't know, for me, it just didn't really hit that well. Uh, I wouldn't put it at number six for sure. <coughs> However, though, there was another creepy episode that I actually enjoyed quite a bit. That's number five, and that is The great the Graveyard Shift. This one, to me, is an all-time classic. I mean, all-time classic SpongeBob episode. So you got SpongeBob locked away with um, Squidward, you know, running the graveyard shift, even though that nobody's going to buy a Krabby Patty then. But, you know, Mr. Krabs is trying to be greedy and get all the money that he, he can get. So, you know, that aspect of them working overtime or through the night is funny. It's silly. Um, all the, you know, the antics of them just, like, being, like, you know, throwing out the trash or being scared that the lights go out. It, it's a funny episode where you can get, you kind of actually see, like, oh, yeah, Spongebob and Squidward, they need each other, kind of. You know, Squidward is always a level-headed, nobody likes him, but he is kind of, like, the more reason, reasonable character. He, he He's rational, he, he's he's uh, realistic, and, and seeing that with Spongebob is just, it's 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 always fun to see that. You know, see, the, the balance of the idiocy with the realistic type of approach to things is, it's nice to see, and it, it makes for a good episode. And it's also a creepy episode, too, but I, I enjoyed this one a bit more because it's always, like, that mystery of who is the the hash-slinging slasher. Like, who is that? Also, what a great name, too. Um, But it's, like, at the, end of the, at the end of the episode, it's a funny reveal. And then especially of who was flickering on the lights. I mean, that, I mean, talk, I mean, what was that? I mean, you just as a kid, you're watching the episode, and everything kind of like looks like fine, like in, in the world of SpongeBob. But then you actually get a, like a, like a pan over to somebody who's like an actual person in like makeup of like this 1920 style horror flick flicking on a light. Like, I don't even, as a kid, I was like, what the hell is that? I was just, I was, uh, I, the what was his name? Uh, Nosferatu, I think was his name. But I was like, what on earth is that? Why is that even in the episode? But again, you watch that today, you know, as a 27-year-old year old guy, or even if just being older than what you were when you saw it, just watching that, and it's just like the absolutely nonsense of, of having that person flick, flick on the lights is just so funny and so genius that it's like, oh my god, I can't believe that they did that in a kid's show back then. This is season two, so this is like maybe 2000, 2001. So it's just like, oh my god. like It, it was just so funny. It's even funnier now 
when you look back at it. It's just it's it it withstands the test of time of like those the writers had to be like, what are we gonna put for flickering the lights? So how about Nosferactu? Who the fuck is that? When you think about it, it's like, what the fuck? An actual person? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. But I I just remember watching that and like being like, what the fuck? <laughs> it catches you off guard for sure. It catches you off guard. But it's welcoming and it's it's funny and it's enjoyable. It's a great episode, in my opinion. Having it at number six, number five, is a good place. So I think I would put that. I think I would put it there. But um. It's a good placement. It's a great episode. Great, great episode. Um, Number four is Chocolate with Nuts. And this is when SpongeBob and Patrick got to make a quick buck. It almost kind of feels like, you know, like a good scam episode from uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie a bit. They're selling chocolates out of these bags. They get duped to buy bigger bags and then bigger bags and then bigger bags by another salesman who dupes them a couple times. And especially, it's so funny because, like, the, the salesman who does that... It is like, well, we need, he's playing the the character who's like got broken bones and broken limbs and all that. And it's so funny because like, it's, it kind of like shows you how like some of these salesmen will go to the, so many lengths to just scam somebody. Like these poor, innocent chocolate salesmen just trying to make a buck. And it, this guy just keeps ha- giving him, selling them these bags that are claimed to be better, bigger, a better zipper, whatever you want to call it. It just, it's that running joke of that kind of adult humor that just kind of peeks in through that Spongebob episode that just is just so funny to watch play out. And you you get the guy who just keeps yelling chocolate just because he's so obsessed with it. You know, he's like, I'll buy them all. And then you get the the grandmothers that are just like a guy. One is just an old fish looking uh, grandmother. The other one's like a goddamn like shriveled, shriveled up worm. It's like, oh my God, this is so funny. Um, but it, that's a good episode. I don't think I would have rated it at a four, though. I mean, like, I, I think I still think that the um, the night shift is a little bit better. I think, in my opinion. But it, regardless, chocolate. The guy just yelling chocolate is iconic in SpongeBob history. It, it just is. Um, but again, I think for me, like the the guy just selling the bags to those people and just <laughs> just scamming them. It was just so funny. Even today, like it's even funnier now. But it's like, oh man, what a great episode! What a what an iconic SpongeBob and Patrick duping episode. Like they just got duped that entire episode, and at the end of the day, they still win because that guy just buys them all. So it's 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 funny, kind of relatable, especially like if you're like a uh, back in the day, if you were a kid watching that, you could be like, oh, it's kind of like selling like you know selling cookies or whatever, selling food, going like door to door to try to sell like. I don't know, uh, tickets to something, raffle tickets, whatever. I remember, like, in high school, people did that, but I never did that. But I just kind of, like, imagined it would be, like, sort of like that, being, like, a young kid trying to go door-to-door to to sell stuff. I don't know. Um, But it's just relatable. It's funny. It's loony. It's it's just a great episode. But I would, again, I like the night shift better, but this is a solid episode for their number four. This Again, this was their number four on their list of 15. Number three is pizza pizza delivery. <clears throat> great episode, absolutely great episode. I mean, again, the, the 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 combination between SpongeBob and Squidward it is just it's on it's on full effect here. You know, you got the seriousness of Pat of Squidward, 
the childness of SpongeBob just trying to deliver the Krusty Krab pizza and trying to, you know, Mr. Krabs just trying to make pizza a thing at the Krusty Krab is also super funny. And, you know, just the whole thing of like this, this great voyage of trying to get to this, this, this person's house and just how the, you know, SpongeBob is like, we got to get their pizza there. Squidward's like, I don't even give a shit about this. So he just, just turn around and fuck this and whatever. But SpongeBob's determination is like, well, we got to get it there. Come on, Mr. Krabs said we got it. The customer already paid. And just like how much he doesn't care about it, that gets whipped around in a tornado. The rock that's a car that runs over Squidward. It's just so funny and just how much they, you know, they hate each other, but they love each other in the end because when they get to the door, spoilers, fucking... He's like, where's my drink? I'm not going to pay for this without my drink, SpongeBob, but bursts into tears. Then Squidward sticks up for SpongeBob. He's like, fuck you, dude. You know, we how much we traveled for that pizza? Shoves it in his face, and then that's the end of the, at the, at the, end of the episode. It's like, oh, yeah, now we're all friends again. Like, as much as, like, SpongeBob annoys Squidward, it's like, bro, that's my boy right there. Like, you're not going to talk to my boy like that. I got his back. And it's just, it's it's funny. It's It's funny. It's got a lot of good friendship. Got a lot, got a lot of good um, jokes in there. It's a good episode. Um, number three, I think that's actually a good spot for it. I mean, it's not a, like a laugh out loud, gus, uh, gut busting episode, but it is like one of those staples of SpongeBob and Squidward's relationship and their friendship. And you can kind of see it full fleshed out in that one episode. So I feel like that's a great place for it. Number three, I, I, I mean, I think that, that that's a, it's a good spot for it. I can't complain. I think it's a good spot. Um, now we're going to move on to number two. Number two is ripped pants. Y'all know this. SpongeBob and Patrick are tanning on the beach. Goo Lagoon with Sandy, I think she's there. And and uh, SpongeBob bends over and, and accidentally rips his pants at the, at the Goo Lagoon. Everybody laughs at him. You know, he's, he's uh, embarrassed. Patrick is laughing, Sandy's laughing, everybody's laughing at him, and he just goes into this kind of like, you know, this exile, like he's got to get away from everybody because they just keep laughing at him, and it's always, it's, it is kind of relatable in a way, like you do something embarrassing, and not necessarily rip your pants, but like something like that as you're a kid, and everybody laughs at you, and it's just like, you got to learn how to laugh that off, so what does he do? He makes a song, a song called Ripped Pants, and throughout the song, he just keeps ripping his pants even more. So it's just like, you gotta be able to laugh that off and just like kind of like make it a fun experience. And in a way, it is super funny, but also like very, the, the song that they, they put in that is also very, very good. So it's like, it, it's a double whammy episode. It's like, it's got a good song, it's got jokes, a, a funny premise, a funny, relatable experience, I think. And it's just, you know, overcoming a bad moment in your life. An embarrassing situation where you're just like, oh yeah, fucking I ripped my pants. Let's make fun of it now. Let's, let's just move on. It was, it happened. I was sad. Now we just got to move through it. And it's just, a, it's a classic episode, I think, of SpongeBob, of depicting like something that you know you could probably face in real life, something super embarrassing, which is kind of can happen to everybody. So in all in all, solid, solid episode. Um, number two, I think, is a bit high. I think. But it it definitely is like a, a rememberable episode of SpongeBob. You're like, oh yeah, ripped pants, ripped pants is like a it's a it's a staple of SpongeBob. Um, so that's their number two, and their number one is Band Geeks. I love this episode. I I I adore it. 
Should it be number one, though? I, I, I don't think so. And here's why. I think that it's a funny episode with, you know, everybody trying to be in a band for Squidward because of Squilliam. You know, his arch nemesis, his arch rival from college. He's successful. Squidward is working at the Krusty Krab. You know, Squilliam has all the uh, popularity, the, 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 all his friends and all that. And Squidward has SpongeBob and Patrick, basically. He's like, well, I can conduct a band that'll be better than your band. And <laughs> through all the trial and errors of, like, is mayonnaise an instrument? Is this an instrument? You know, Sponge, uh, Patrick being put through a trombone. You know, the <laughs> them marching on the street and then two, propeller, two baton uh, wielders just propel all the way up and they actually explode and die. Somebody playing taps and Squidward just laying on the ground as, as that person plays taps. So those those two fish died, apparently. Hilarious, by the way. Hilarious. But also kind of dark. <laughs> Something that you wouldn't expect out of a kid's show. Like, you hear them play actual taps. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> it's funny, but it's also a, a little bit dark, which I do enjoy in SpongeBob. I do, because they do it so well, so subtle. So, like, oh, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's a bit dark there, but it is funny. Um, and it's got the song at the end, Sweet, Sweet Victory. Yeah, it's iconic. Everybody plays that. Everybody knows that. They played at the goddamn Super Bowl one time. For me, it was a letdown, but it was still, you know, they tried. Um, but it was it, it was fun. It's a fun episode. Again, it isn't my favorite just because of I think that others are better. There's just others that are just, you know... Um, that are, in my opinion, that are just better. I think I would probably rate this at a number five if I were to rank my list. I won't today, but if I did, I'd probably give it like at a number. No, I think a number six. I think actually, it it just top, it just outside the outside of the top five. I think for my in my opinion, um, again, solid, funny, dark, uh, nautical. It's a funny episode. The rivalry between Squidward and Squilliam is good. Squidward wins. Sweet, sweet victory. It's a good episode, man. It's, it's, but it, for me, I don't know. I, I don't think I can put it at number one. I, I just don't think I could do it. But don't get me wrong. It's a great episode. It's a great episode. It's got like one of the better, or if not the best, SpongeBob songs of all time, I think. I mean, for real. <clears throat> Lisa's song played in SpongeBob. Um, being, and then being like conducted by Squidward, the band. Everybody playing their instruments, SpongeBob singing, Sandy on the guitar, Patrick on the drums, Plankton on the keyboard. It's just, it's it's really funny. Good episode. Again, not my number one, but a very, very, very good episode. A great episode, actually. It's, it, it is a great. Um, so that's the list of Variety's top 15 SpongeBob episodes. Ranked by, again, I'll give them their names as much as I butcher them. Very sorry about this, Variety, but I will give you credit. Jordan Moreau, Katsy Stefan, and David Veramontes. Thank you for that list. It was very entertaining and very fun and opening a lot of conversation with myself about SpongeBob. Now, I already read the honorable mentions that they put there, but I had some of myself that I thought that should have been on that list or even considered as an honorable mention. For instance, Pickles in Season 1. With Bubble Bass. How is that not a top episode? I mean, we're talking about SpongeBob at his breaking point of quitting the Krusty Krab because he couldn't get a burger right. A burger's, a customer's order right. He forgot the pickles. 
And he goes into this despair of where he, he cannot make up a Krabby Patty anymore. It's just, it's so kind of relatable in real life. Not, not necessarily like fast food workers, but like anything else that you do. Like you, you mess something up and you're like, you question your ability to do that job or to do that thing that you do, that you've been doing so well forever. And it's just like a mental battle between him and Bubble Bass. And it turns out that Bubble Bass was just hiding and trolling him the entire time. But it was just like, how can SpongeBob overcome this mental battle between him and Bubble Bass? And it was just, I don't know what it, it was like. It almost, it almost felt like it was like ro- a Rocky movie to me. It was just, it was so like, because he's like just concentrating and concentrating on how to make the best Krabby Patty. And just like at the very end when he just like that music kicks in, he's just like, I'll have a Krabby Patty, you know, whatever his order is with pickles and all that. And it was just, it's such a funny, like, one-on-one episode, like a duel almost. It's like, it becomes like a, like a, like a Western standoff in a way with the music and like, uh, the, <clears throat> just the cues, the tension between the two characters. And that was really like, really like SpongeBob's like first, like actual enemy at his job, I think. It was, it was Bubble Bass, I think. So that was just, for me, that, that episode is just timeless of just remembering the pickles and all that because you know that and also like what a like a relatable thing like to people that go in to get like fast food burgers like they forgot the pickles and it's just like what if you were on the side of the passionate you know fry cook that was like oh my god i forgot the pickles what could that could do to his mindset and to his you know shock his reality it was just so funny <laughs> so that's one of my honorable mentions i should have made the list i think uh, another one was muscle bob buff pants I mean, the actual thought of getting inflatable arms that just get all muscular because, again, his arms are twigs. He's got no muscle. He's a goddamn sponge. So, like, just the fact that he bought gloves that could inflate to be being muscular arms was just absolutely funny. And they were pink. They weren't even yellow. It's like, and they were just like saying, like, dude, you're fucking jacked. That was so freaking funny. I couldn't, like, just the whole concept of it. And again, he couldn't even lift a goddamn stick with them if he even tried. And at the end of the day, he just, you know, they exploded and they just deflated and they just, like, spun around like balloons. It was just so funny. Like, again, like, it's just like, it goes to the, like, how far would you go as a person to look the way that you want to? But at the end of the day, you can't fake it at the end. It's just so funny. It's, 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 it's a classic, like, thing that you overthink something. And try to do it and try to look good or try to look better or whatever. And just it just fall flat in front of your face. It's just so relatable. But the, the, the fact that he actually buys inflatable arms. That'll give him the strength. That he thought that would give him the strength to lift up. To lift weights basically. Is just absolutely comedy gold. Comedy gold. Um, <clears throat> and then another one that I had. The last one that I had. Um, was Pretty Patties. I love this one because. It is just a classic of Mr. Krabs trying to get down in on um, SpongeBob's business, and it just like not even um, favoring him. Or no, 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 no. Like everybody loves it with SpongeBob, but Mr. Krabs takes over. It's like okay, it should work, but everybody's got like this tongue that's just discolored. It's got a pattern. It's got polka dots. It's glow in the dark. It just backfires on him, and it's just so funny to watch that because. It shows you how Mr. Krabs is so greedy and will do anything for the money, even if it's going to be a bad thing, and even if it's not a good idea, not a well thought out idea, and you just see like him you know, crash and burn, and it's just, 
even though I, how much I love Mr. Krabs as a character, just watching that happen with the whole Pretty Patty thing, it's just funny to, to watch and fun to, fun to see. I just, I love it. I love that episode. And the fact that that's not even an honorable mention for the Variety article was like, really? Like, that one was, like, super funny, I thought. And that would be one of mine, I think. Um, Good episode. Solid episode. Solid of episode of, like, Mr. Krabs, like, just not getting it right. Not getting it right, not thinking it all the way through. And just a ba- a, an idea that sounded good at the beginning, but it wouldn't last very long. You know, another relatable uh, episode, I think. Another relatable topic. And just being, again, the, the relatability of the SpongeBob episodes to real life. The ratio of them being, like, so relatable and unrelatable is just astoundingly relatable. It just is in the favor. I mean, it's just so funny to watch. It's so, so much nonsense and so... It's why I love Spongebob. Now, did Spongebob kind of go on for too long? I think it did. I'm going to say, like, after season six, it was kind of, like... Just not as good, I thought. Uh, it was kind of like, it was more dumb than witty, I think. And more dumb than, like, smarter comedy. It was just kind of like slapstick comedy, I think. Like, maybe, it was like, this is a kid's show. We'll make it a kid's show. And that's it. Like, I like it when you can, like, make it a kid's show, but also give it a little bit of a, a little bit of adult humor. Darker humor. I think that made, just, it makes it more, um, a smarter comedy more of a more engaging comedy, more of a outreaching comedy that can actually like touch the hearts of other people other than kids. Like I mean like if you are babysitting a child or you're babysitting sitting a kid, it's always nice to have a cartoon on that kind of like can cater to both people. You know, a kid and a and, and an adult. And I think SpongeBob did that very very well back in the good old days of like up to season 5 I think. Then after that it just kind of got, I don't know, old stale, dumb, but we'll all still have the good old days, the good old episodes, and that's why I love those episodes, man, they're just so relatable, so funny, so uh, comedically, in my eyes, just brilliant, they just capture so many good, like, relatable things that you you would just have during life, and the characters were perfect, they were perfect characters, and they were funny, they were unique, they were different, an amazing setting under the sea in a pineapple and a rock and a goddamn uh, Easter Island head uh, house for Squidward. It's just great. A great show. Fantastic cartoon. Staying in the realm of entertainment and then uh, movies, <clears throat> I got to see... <coughs> I got to see the, the Tomorrow War on Amazon Prime Video. This past week for the 4th of July. Not for the 4th of July, but like before it. Um, if you don't know, it's a movie that stars Chris Pratt. It's an action alien invasion movie. It's a summer a summer action flick. It's cheesy. It's overdramatic at parts. But I think that it's a, it's got a good story in it. It's about a father and a daughter, mainly about their relationship. And like, he has to go to this war in the future. Which, by the way, the time travel and all that. Doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it, for me, it didn't have to. I just kind of like just said, okay, well, this is it. It's just a one-off movie. Give it to me. Let's just have some fun. So I thought that that, that was uh, that was fun. It was it was engaging. It was got some good action. It's got some good acting for m- the most part. There's some lines in the 
script or in the movie, they're just kind of like, are like, what the fuck did he just say? Um, or like, what did she say? You know, it's just kind of like, eh, kind of, uh, weird at times, but it's, it's, it does its job. I think it entertains people. It, it's, it's fun. It's funny at times. It's got a good cast. It's got a good, um, it's got a good, again, story with the father and the daughter, Chris Pratt and his daughter. It's fun. It's energetic. It's about aliens, so I'm in. Um, so, I, in all in all, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was good. I, I didn't think that it deserved the hate that it got from critics and other people that saw it. I think that it was much better than what they said, honestly. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I could be delusional. It could be, like, a fanboy, you know, whatever you want to call me. But I just thought it, I, I didn't think it was that bad. I really didn't. So, you know, it it definitely, like, feels like it would be, like, a Amazon Prime-type movie, in my opinion. Um, some of the effects look kind of bad. It was shot a little weird in some parts. I don't know if that's just because that's their, their, their direction. This is the, the director's first live-action movie, I believe. His name is Matt McKay, I think, and he directed the last movie, I believe, that he directed. I mean, let me let me look it up, because I believe that this is his first live-action film. I believe that he directed the, uh, the the Lego Batman movie, which, in my opinion, I thought that that was really good. Um, but let me just look up this real quick. The Tomorrow War. Yeah, there it is. Directed by Chris McKay. So I got the first name wrong. Chris McKay directed it, and I believe this was, yes, this is his first live action. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. My brother saw it, too. He, he enjoyed it. Um, sometimes I feel like the the, the movie kind of uh, dreads on a bit. It does feel a little bit longer than it should be, I think. It is a two-hour and 12-minute movie, which was kind of, uh, yeah, two hour, no, two hours and 20-minute movie, which I thought was a little uh, long, I think it was. Um, but I thought it was, it was good, though. It definitely does go into areas that I did not expect. I will say that the trailers do a good job of not giving away the entire plot, which I am a big fan of. Um, the last thing I want to see is a trailer just give the entire plot away of a movie or a show. This one, it kind of, it, it, it does a good job of deferring that. I mean, there are some parts of the movie that are just like, okay, what's going to happen next? Because I've already seen the parts of the trailer that, I, that, I've, that I've already seen, I've already seen them. It's like, what's going to happen next? So it does a good job of that that aspect. It, it doesn't give it away the entire movie or the structure of it or the plot, really how it goes. Um, so that's a big plus. It's a really, really big plus because there was actually parts of the movie I was just like, what happens next? What are we doing? What's what's the main goal here? So I enjoyed that part of it. And I think that if you watch it, you might be surprised about that. You might think that it's going to go this way, but it goes the other way. So I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing that's worth knowing that it's not going to be as generic as you might think. As much as you might want to say that from the trailers or for who's in it or just for the, the, the entire concept of it. Um, give it a shot, I think. I think you'll like it. I think you'll enjoy it. And I think it's, you know, it's not a, it's not like a, an amazing movie. I thought it was good, but I didn't think that it was like, you know, it's not amazing. I'll just say that. So in the end of the day, I gave, and I tweeted this out back when I saw it, like on July 3rd, uh, no, July 4th, actually, sorry, July 4th. Um, I saw, I gave it a 7.3 out of 10. It's just good. It's a good movie. I think I thought it was good. I I mean, like, 
Again, don't take my opinion for yours. You check it out. You watch it yourself. You see how you like it. You see how, you know, you feel about it. You know, if you if you enjoy Chris Pratt, which I do, I I've enjoyed him since the Parks and Recreation when he played Andy Dwyer. I've I've <laughs> I'm guilty. I I just enjoy the guy. I don't know. I don't know. He's fun to watch. Um, he kind of does play the uh, the the Chris Pratt character. You know, just how he is. But but I feel like that's what I like about him. I enjoy that. I mean, I feel like you know he does that. But also, you know, who I love. I fucking love Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx kind of does that for me, too. He, he just got that swagger-type character that I feel like he does in a lot of his movies. Not all of them, for sure. Not like Ray, but definitely like if I watch like Django Unchained and then like kind of like um, Baby Driver, it's kind of like the same thing. He's got a lot of swagger, but that's why I like watching his movies. I like the Jamie Foxx character. I just like it. He's so cool. He's He's hip. He's got swagger. I enjoy that. That's why I love Django and I love Baby Driver, because of him. So I was like, I can love this because of Chris Pratt. I like him as Star-Lord. I like him as in this, uh, in Parks and Rec. I just, I like it. I, I don't know what to say. I just, I, just, I just like it. So I think you should check it out. I think it, ha- you'll have some fun. It is on Amazon Prime, so you can just, if you have it, you can just watch it right now. I mean, like, again, it is worth the, you know, the time, I think, because you can just watch it on Amazon Prime. You can just stream it right then and there. Um... But I don't think this movie would have done good in theaters. I gotta be honest with you. I gotta be honest. I don't think that it's got the legs for it. I really don't. I just think that it's 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 good in some, great in some parts, really good with the the main story with the characters. But I just feel like eh, it just doesn't really got that punch that I think would have made the theaters pop. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I just that's kind of how I felt about it. And that's a review for the Tomorrow War. Now, before we close, I mean, I got, I got to do it. I mean, I have to do it. You know what time it is, everybody. It's time for sports. Um, Again, I think I gave you... I'm at a minute 17 in this podcast already, so I kind of gave you a lot more than I thought I would already. But, um, you know, we got to talk about the finals and what's happening there. I mean, if you're not watching these NBA finals, I don't blame you. Because if you look at it, you know, Milwaukee versus... Phoenix, not the not 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 a matchup that you want to you know might want to tune in for. But I you know if you're not an NBA fan, I get it, I get it, I understand. If you are though, you're gonna get some of the better basketball I think than you're gonna get with like the Lakers, the and the Brooklyn Nets. I I just think that I don't know what I don't know what it is, but I just think I just think that Phoenix is just playing out of their goddamn minds right now. They have it going on. They just got it. They have everything going. They're up one one zero right now over the Bucks. Game two is playing right now as I'm recording, so this is going to be an outdated take. But I just feel like the Phoenix Suns at this moment have it in the bag. They have it. They look so good together. Aiton, Booker, Paul, they they just they feed off of each other. They know each other so well. They trust each other. They have it all. This is their time. Every other person on that team does their job well, but Aiton, Booker, and Paul, just they got it dialed in and this is their time this is chris paul's time right here and there right here right now this is his time he has arrived finally after 16 seasons i think he's going to do it i think he's going to get the get the championship and he's going to win it finally because he has the team to do it they trust each other they love each other this is it man i just feel it i don't i don't think that the that milwaukee could win more than two games 
if they even do win a game. I mean, Suns and Four is a big slogan right now. It's a big saying. Everybody's thinking it. Everybody's saying it. Everybody's like wanting it pretty much. But I, I just think that Milwaukee can kind of uh, sneak one or two in. Again, I, I don't see them winning more than two games in this series. I just feel like that Phoenix is just that dominant and that that just I don't know they just dominate the game like it, whenever like they go on a, like Milwaukee will go on a run Phoenix will just you know cap it down and punch back and just be like you know no 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 you're not gonna win this. this this is ours for the taking so I don't know I feel like you know just <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna take it all I just I got that feeling man whenever I watched them it's just that vibe Chris Paul wasn't doing well in the first quarter I think first half then he just turned it on he just got better. He scored 32 points, and he's like 36, I believe. Let me look up his age. Chris Paul's age, he's got to be at least 36. He's got to be 36, 35. Um, uh, Chris Paul age. There we go. 36 years old. So he's 30, 36, and he's playing this well at this age. I mean, like, he's doing everything. He's not, like, being super athletic. He's not doing making all these crazy, crazy shots. He's just playing his game as a point guard. And he's doing it so well that he just feeds Aiton, feeds Booker, feeds Payne. He, he does it. It's it's beautiful what he's doing right now. Say what you want about Chris Paul, you know, about his, like, his, he, he could be uh, kind of a dick, you know, whatever you want to say. But he's he's earning this right now. He's earning it. You know, first and foremost, you know, congratulations, congratulations to Chris Paul, because I truly believe he will win the, this finals. If they again, if the the Bucks win more than two games, I will be surprised. But I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't either. I would, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win more than two. But if they win three, I'll be surprised. If they win the series, I'll be fucking mad. I'll just tell you that right now. I'll be mad. Um, because talk about the all-time party poopers. Will will the Bucks be? Because this is everybody can feel it around the sports world. This is Chris Paul's year. Everybody can feel it. Me, my brother, friends. You know, everybody can. We we can just feel it. This is this is his year. So I, I don't know. I think they're gonna win in. I think they'll win in five, potentially six. Not four. I don't, I don't think four. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised though. Four is possible. Suns and four is a big thing going on. If they feed into that a bit and they just take from that, like, Suns and Four for the finals, that could also be a possibility. But we'll see. We'll see, man. Last thing I want to touch up on is the Euro 2020. The final is set. The final is going to be England and Italy. In the final, I feel like England is on point. Is on is 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 got a good uh, stretch of games going on. A lot of good trust. A lot of good build up. A lot of good building of that team, though. From game one of the this tournament to being just like disjointed, no chemistry, no, a lot of egos, a lot of not, maybe not knowing how to play together. The manager of this team, Gareth Southgate, is in a great job of settling everybody down, get, putting the right lineups and the right right people in the right position, and just going forward. Forget about the criticisms. Forget about all that. Just move on and try to win that game. And they have been. I mean, Denmark did score first in that last game, and I was just kind of like scared. I was like, oh, is this it? Is this Denmark's Christian Eriksen field? Um, tournament is this going to be the one to take down England? N- it clearly wasn't. So, um, g- congratulations to England and Italy for making it. Italy beat Spain in PKs. That was a pretty close game. Italy looked very good at the start. Kind of slacked off a bit in the second half. Where they didn't have possession of the ball that much. They did go to penalty kicks, and Italy won. So the Italians move on. Italy is looking very good. They're looking very strong. And I think that uh, Italy is going to be a bit of a, ch- a big challenge to England. 
but I feel like England playing this and at home at Wembley Stadium is going to be very tough for the Italians to beat them. Just because I feel like home field advantage in this tournament for England has just been a big um, positive, a big lift up, a big um, a, not a crutch, but a a big advantage for England. I feel like this is the time that they break that streak of losing all these major um, major tournaments and just finally breaking through at home at Wembley Stadium in London. This has got to be the time where it come it's coming home. I feel like it's coming home this Sunday. I just they got everything going for them. They got everything going for them. Every it's it's it pretty much is their game to lose. If Italy beats them, right? If Italy wins, it's going to be I believe on England because I think that Italy can definitely be beaten. But if if England loses, it's going to be on them. I think. I just think they have everything everything going for them. Everything is on their side. The 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 players are playing good. They're getting results. They're scoring goals. They're getting penalty calls. You know, maybe some that they shouldn't have gotten that last game. But um, everything is falling in their place. And I just feel like you know every it's it's their tournament to win, and also theirs to lose. So the final is going to be good. Italy versus England, uh, July eleventh at twelve p.m. Pacific time, three p.m. Eastern time. And it's going to be a good game. It's going to be good. I can't wait to see what happens. I think I feel, I feel like it's going to go all the way to 120 minutes plus penalty kicks, but I could be wrong. Um, I just I just hope it's a good game. I really, really do. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for watching this podcast. Again, you can find The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva on everything um, on Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Listen there. You know, give it a listen. Give it a rate. Give it a review on Apple Podcast. Just listen on Spotify, whatever. Watch it on YouTube, even though I don't have video yet. You can watch it there. You can like. You can subscribe. And, uh, you know, everything is on there. You can find me at uh, on all those platforms at Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. And I will see you guys next week.